Hey guys, I wanted to, one, tell you that this is an awesome episode, really terrific episode. Uh, I I mean, I'm I'm thrilled to, this is long overdue. I, I, I should have done this episode a long time ago. Uh, it's been a whirlwind over here and I, I lining up exactly who I want on what topics, there's a lot of... There's a lot, a lot that goes into this. So Joanne, for example, we, her and I, uh, we went back and forth for a couple months trying to schedule this. I'm so happy she was able to um, make time for me, hoping to get her back on. But I, I, I might reach out to some other folks as well, considering she's so busy, and also just to hear other perspectives. Um, to uh, continue this conversation because. By the end of it, I I had so much. I mean, this is yeah. I'm thrilled about this episode, but I I wanted to bring that up because, um, if if you if you want to leave any comments in uh in YouTube, even even if you're just listening uh to this, um, it, just because it's an easy it's an easy way for me to keep track of things. If you go on to the YouTube and found, uh, channel and find this episode and leave a comment there on any given episode. Um, cause I see those and then I can kind of track follow-up questions a little easier. Uh, so sometimes people write me on Instagram or something. Patreon's a pretty good way. I can attend to that a little easier and have that a little more organized. But um, direct message on social media, I'm not telling you not to send them. I just, I just like, I get swamped and overwhelmed with them a little bit um, sometimes. And, uh, and so you're welcome to send them, but I, I'm not always able to get back to those. So yeah, ho- hoping to have more of these uh, conversations in the future. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, boy, yeah. It's a good one. Enjoy. Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Here We Are podcast. This is going to be a very special episode, uh, guys. I, well, I don't want to build this up too much, but you guys as listeners, you know that I've had a little bit of a, you know, turbulent <laughs> year going back and forth with uh, the conspiracy crowd and, and everything. I've mentioned it many times. On the show, I haven't had any researchers on talking about this, but uh, but like I've kind of mentioned in the past, you you have a science podcast, and and you you go, oh, you know, well, I'm touring around. It'll be fun to randomly look up different subjects at the various universities that I go to, and oh, neat, this person researches this and that about the brain, and I go in and I find out what they do, and. And it's this lovely little journey that I've gotten to go on on this kind of uh, uh, so, you know, we have a nice size audience, but relatively obscure um, podcast. I'm not not used to anyone ever making some fuss about any subject that I've ever had on. Then all of uh, uh, then all of a sudden 
COVID happens, a global pandemic happens in science, which is usually kind of operating on the background of most people's lives, all of a sudden confronts people. And there's there's a lot of reality that people are are hit with and things got super political. And and um, and what do you know, all of a sudden when you're confronted with this with this uh, inconvenient um, issue, now people take a lot of interest all of a sudden. And, and so I have, you know, if I had a researcher on talking about COVID or someone talking about vaccines or whatever, it, the first time in my whole, in the seven years I've been doing the podcast, now I got to deal with all these uh, insane people coming out of the woodwork and yelling at me and everything else. And so uh, it's been interesting and it's been quite an adventure and I haven't had anyone actually on the show to talk about kind of conspiracies and and where they're coming from. So I'm super excited to welcome today. Joanne Miller is joining me. Thank you, Joanne, for joining me. And could you kind of introduce yourself, your background, what you do? Sure. So I'm a professor in the political science and international relations department, and also the psychological and brain sciences department at the University of Delaware. I've been at Delaware since 2019. Before that, I was at the University of Minnesota in the political science and psychology departments for about 17 years and got my PhD at the Ohio State University in social psychology. Nice. So what uh, what kind of stuff do you generally work on? So a couple of things. So I work on research on why people become politically active, um, media effects on people's political attitudes, um, what causes some people to be interested in politics and other people not to be interested in politics. And then, of course, conspiracy theories, why people believe um, conspiracy theories. I have this intersection of my work that's a combination of political science and psychology, this interdisciplinary field of political psychology. So Mm. all of the work that I do sort of asks questions about politics, but uses psychology to help us understand um, political attitudes and behavior. Interesting. Um, So, uh, well, one, let's, let's start with why why is it that some people get really politically charged and others don't and i imagine this this can change too for a lot of individuals i know i know personally i've gone up and down with it certainly when i was younger i didn't really i wasn't political at all and then i went through a phase when i was getting really political about 10 years ago or so that lasted for like a year before I was like, yeah, I don't really like this. And that, that gave way to my, um, my really going, uh, like fully vested into really exploring, um, science, uh, uh, quite a bit more at that time. Cause I knew I wanted to be doing something more meaningful and exploring mm-hmm. the nature of life and reality. And I just didn't, think politics was was really not that I don't ever talk about it, but I it wasn't going to be a main focus of mine. Well, you know, what you just said there is really one of the ways that I think about political participation, the way I study it. And it focuses you know, more from a psychology perspective on what are the motivations um, that we have going into you know, wanting to be in politics and 
Um, some people go in thinking that they're going to get something out of it that they don't get, and they stop um, participating in politics, you know, being an activist, um, door knocking for candidates or fundraising for organizations, not because they don't care about the issues anymore, but because they went into it with a different kind of motive. So, for example, one motive is a social motive. Um, you go into like I, I when I moved to Columbus, Ohio, I wanted to desperately when I was going to grad school, I desperately wanted to meet people who weren't graduate students. And I thought, well, one way to do that would be to volunteer for a political organization. Um, I cared about the issue. I'd always cared about the issue. And I thought, well, this is a great way for me to meet people. And I started volunteering and I realized I hated everybody who was there. Didn't like the volunteers, didn't want to hang out with them, <laughs> had no desire. I'd rather hang out with all my you know, academic friends. Um, and so I stopped participating and stopped volunteering, not because I cared about the issue any less, but because the real motive that got me into it was to meet people and to make new friends and to hang out. And it wasn't meeting that purpose for me. So mm. I so I stopped. Mm. So focusing on motives um, and asking and sometimes very non-political questions about um, maybe we're going into this for a non-political reason. Um, and that can help explain why sometimes people come in and out of politics over time. Mm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of um, there's there's a lot of kind of well, virtue signaling is this big phrase being tossed around. It, once in a while, people will like learn a new sciencey word, and they're like, "All right, that's uh, one I'm gonna." <laughs> I I learn one sciencey ish term a year, and I'm gonna use that one and uh, until um, uh, I whatever expression I was searching on. for. <laughs> What's that? Until the until next the, one comes along. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, and. And but but there is an interesting that this kind of way of um, signaling your commitment to your group yeah. by uh, th this isn't so this is different than virtue signaling would would be kind of this ingenuous like oh, I'm a good person because I'm doing this uh, virtuous thing. Uh, but what I'm really interested in is is ways that you can signal to your group by kind of alienating yourself from the outside group or like like the biker gang wearing like these skulls and stuff on the a lot of people are going to give them a lot of odd looks and that's a pretty heavy cost that they pay socially in the in the greater in the whole of the okay. the world but boy are they committed to that it's a it's a very you get that tattoo that's a real true signal of commitment religious uh, uh, religions often come around with like knickknacks you're wearing or hairstyles you have or or garb that usually usually looks a little peculiar to the average person but does that same thing wow i'm committed look look at this and I'm so fascinated by that. Yeah. And I think that that that, that signaling your identity or sig signaling that I'm a good group member, whatever the group might be. Uh, and in politics, uh, if we're thinking about the U.S. context, it's I'm a good Democrat or I'm a good Republican, typically. Right. Mm. Um, and the, that sig signaling that I'm a good Democrat or I'm a good Republican through participating in politics uh, is and then by doing it in a way that's that's that you can that's public, 
or that that you can make public um, by going on social media and claiming all of the activities that you do or that you're or you're voting uh, is another sort of motive for participating. Right. It's to it's an identity uh, motive. Good group members do these things and I'm a good group member, so I'm going to do those things. What's happening these days is polarization in the U.S. has gotten so crazy and Democrats hate Republicans and Republicans hate Democrats. Um, these days, participating to be to show, sort of show you're a good group member is really focused on uh, screwing over the, the, the other group rather than support for your own group. Right. Right. What yeah. we want to do is demonstrate how much we really hate the other side. In yeah. our activities and our social media posts and how we um, go after other people on social media to um, denigrate that outgroup or the other side rather than participating in favor of your own group. Why did I vote for that person? Because they piss off that other the team. other side, right? They're not the other. They're not <laughs> the other one. Right? Yeah. Right? Um, Which leads to very perverse politics. Yeah, yeah. Have uh, you, you know that classic study where they have the they have people come in and they have like the two different colored shirts, like yellow or purple mm -hmm. or whatever, and they assign them randomly to people, and people start organizing themselves <laughs> naturally. <laughs> All of this group of strangers starts uh, the the purple shirts talk to the purple shirts, and the yellow shirts talk to the yellow shirts. Have they ever done anything where they try to take it a step further and assign? Like other things like, okay, purple plays kickball and yellow plays wiffle ball and then and then have them bicker over which one is the superior sport or, or anything like that. Yeah, you know, um the old the old old sort of classic studies on this subject, the the the, the most the, the classic one is the one by Sharif and Sharif, where it was in, in the context of a boys' camp. And the boys come to the, the summer camp and they're basically just split up into two groups and one live in one uh, bunker or whatever, uh, you know, uh, campsite and the others live in the other campsite. And they just kind of separate them um, and just kind of watch what happens. The two groups give themselves, they name that one of them is the Rattlers. The other is the, oh, shoot, I'm not going to remember the other name now. Anyway. Another name. I don't, I don't think the yellow Eagles. and purple were the correct color no, no, shirts no, either. But, we don't yeah, need to get like hung up on the, and the Rattlers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they themselves naturally just sort of form their own identities. Um, and then they start competing yeah. with one another in activities where it doesn't actually require them to compete uh, with one another. When you're mm. asking something different though, and I'm not sure the answer that I'm not sure if you, actually assigned people to these groups and then gave them different activities. Um, and presumably like that would kind of ramp this up. Yeah. That like eh, pur purple, purple shirt people tend to, you know, view this and that about the, they tend to, you know, be against gluten or, you know, just pick arbitrary <laughs> things and see how revved up people get about it. Um, yeah. There, there's one like that where they, they assign people based on, um, they show people dots on a screen and ask them to, to estimate how many dots are on the screen. And then they just tell people, well, you're an overestimator or you're an underestimator. Um, and that's completely random. 
And just mm. calling people overestimators and underestimators, people in the overestimator group value overestimating. I think, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, and people in the underestimating group, you know, well, you know, underestimating is the way to go. And, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We are, you know, I wonder like, oh, what we're things I do that mess with because our, because these are the way our brains work, right? We want to be in groups. Of and, course it doesn't mean anything to be in a group that, that where there isn't another group that you can distinguish yourself from. Right. Um, so, um, we do, we do this just naturally. I'm part of this group and my group is defined by not only the features of my group, but that we don't have those other features. Mm. You know, it, let me throw this at you. Uh, how how would you say that applies to um there's this interesting thing of like anti-conformists are in this like almost separate group of their own which is weird because i kind of fall into that cat i've lived a very rebellious life i've always you, you know you you don't you don't become a stand-up comedian usually unless there's something off uh and and then and then from there to like abandon kind of a successful path in comedy to then be like, oh, and then I'm going to talk about the evolution of the brain too. And I, I, I can't, I can't get far enough away from people. <laughs> Give me, I get a sense that I'm starting to get toward a group. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go the other way. I, I think I'd be very happy being in a cabin in the woods by, um, by myself um, with, with some, uh, with some books and notepads, but, um, I, so I've always kind of been against the, the man and the law and all this stuff, but I, but, uh, you know, I'm also 40 now and I've, I've kind of, uh, gained an appreciation for how, how some of the systems help navigate lives and, you know, the, the, why we have, uh, you know, traffic that goes on one side of the road that goes this way and the other side of the road that goes that way, you know, and I've, it, but it, it's through COVID I've, I've had a lot of, so I, I've done a lot of um, psychedelic research advocacy in my career from that. Um, I've, I've gotten a lot of people from like the new agey or like fringy communities and, and stuff. And they just like can't believe that I'm buying into this mainstream science of COVID or whatever, because they've kind of built these heuristics, you know, which is like, hey, the, you don't trust the government. You, you don't just trust a pharmaceutical company. You don't just trust what the media is telling you. And these are like really useful heuristics in a lot of circumstances. Um, especially uh not especially but also in like signaling you know and you're going and hanging out in your groups and going to like burning man parties and whatever else and like we aren't like those normies out there you know and um so so what's going on there what what about i guess what i'm trying to say is like loners having group think <laughs> kind of <laughs> Well, you know, the loner identity is actually still a group identity. Yeah. Um, what you just said is that we 
you use the word we in referring in, in referring to these these people, right? That we don't just trust science. We don't, not I, but but mm-hmm. but we. Now, part of that identity of that we may be, you know, well, we don't socialize all the time, and we as a group like to be alone as individuals, but I'm still part of. I'm not so completely unique that there aren't other people out there like me. Mm-hmm. There are other people out there um, like me, and we may want to be in our cabin in the woods all by ourselves with our books and our notepads. Uh, but uh, there is still a and there are other yeah. people like me out there, and we don't trust government. We don't trust science. We don't trust pharma- pharmaceutical companies. And yeah, I don't want to hang that. out with other loners. No, 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 I just want to know out. that they're out there. Exactly right. You want to <laughs> yeah. you want to go to Burning Man with them every now and then, but then when yeah, you want to sure. go to your cabin in the woods all by yourself. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, let's get into some of your uh some of your conspiracy uh research. Can you give sure. give me some of that background? Yeah, sure. So let's see. I don't want to bore your listeners. I can Oh with- no, <laughs> it's that don't, please don't worry about that. We have so many exciting things to talk about. I'm not worried. Well, let me just start with where this started from for me in the first place. Um, Cause I started doing conspiracy theory research back in 2012, 2013, pre QAnon, pre Donald Trump, pre all, all of this um, mm-hmm. that we're experiencing these days. And the way it came about was I saw a poll online. It was a um, PPP's organization. It's public policy polling. They tend to be a polling organization that they, they, they do a lot of kind of fun, kind of BuzzFeedy type surveys, um, some of them. And they do, and they have these clickbaity headlines. And so there was this one about, you know, some percentage of people believe that there are lizard people walking amongst us, right? They're shape-shifting mm-hmm. lizard people. And I, you know, of course, I clicked on it because it was clickbait, uh, and I fell for it. And I, um, and then I thought to myself, well, you know, this is a pretty serious, you know, this is a polling organization. They know what they're doing. They do surveys all the time. Um, and I asked, I was wondering, what happens if you agree to do a survey? Right? Um, you get a phone call, or you click on a link online to do a survey, and you start seeing questions about, do you believe that there are shape shifting lizard people? among us. Um, Does that make you think that maybe the rest of the survey is goofy? um, And does it make you take the rest of the survey less seriously? I didn't even, when I started this research, I didn't even care about what people thought about shape-shifting lizard people. I was interested in just the appearance of those questions on a survey, how it affects the rest of the survey. Um, So I was talking about this with one of my grad students at the time and a, a, a friend of mine as well. Um, so Kyle Saunders and Christina Farhart and the three of us, I said, you know, Christina, this is a quick and easy publication for you. We do a simple study, <laughs> randomly assign people to get these conspiracy theory questions at the beginning of the survey or the end of the survey. We ask all of these standard political questions in the middle. And then the hypothesis is simple. People who see the conspiracy theory questions on the front end are more likely to be less serious in their answers to the rest. Bing, bang, boom, Bing, bang, easy, boom, easy, famous yep. last words. Famous last words. <laughs> uh, 
uh, no effects at all. Um, and we tortured that data to death. Yeah. No effects at all of, of where the questions were on the survey um, to, um, to no effects of that on any of the other political questions on the survey. I've had some of these moments in my life where it's like, damn, so really this many people do believe? No, they can't. I've had too many of those times now where I'm like, no, humans aren't that crazy. Right, right. I must have coded the data wrong. It's got to be here someplace. Um, And then it's, of course, I had dragged my graduate student into this and, and she yeah. did a, the bulk of the work. Uh, I told her, you know, first author publication, it's all, you know, it's yours. It's great. And then we get nothing. We try to publish the null findings. And as you know, from talking to other scientists and academics, it's really hard to publish fi- null findings uh, yeah. in an academic journal. And so then I'm thinking, well, this just in front page, front page news. Scientists find nothing. nothing. That would be an amazing headline, like front page of a paper. That would be such a refreshing reset for people, wouldn't it? Nothing happened yesterday. Exactly. You know, years and years and years ago, I want to say in the 40s, there was a journal in psychology called the Journal of Null Findings. It didn't last very long. <laughs> no one oh, cited the articles in the journal. Um, yeah. And so we couldn't publish this thing. And so, but then I started saying, I started looking again at the survey and we have all these questions. We have questions about that assess people's political knowledge. We have questions about trust in government. We have questions about partisanship. And we have these conspiracy theories that we measured on this survey that were some of them impugned Democrats and some of them impugned Republicans. Uh, and so I said to Christina and Kyle, we sort of were saying, what can we make of this? And so we started looking at the research out there on very little research out there on why people believe conspiracy theories. And we said, well, we can enter that conversation uh, with, with, these, with these data. And we focused on this notion of what's called motivated reasoning in the context, and this is in the context of politics, but um, people will want to, people want to sort of uh, hang on to attitudes that bolster their worldview, protect their worldview, um, and cling on to the attitudes they have. It's kind of like this notion that attitudes are possessions, right? Mm-hmm. Beliefs are possessions. They're things that we own and we want to hang on to them. So we process information in a way to that, that enables us to hang on to the attitudes that we already have, to make our identities, to bolster our identities, to protect our identities. And so when it comes to conspiracy theories, it's completely natural that Democrats are going to be more likely to believe conspiracy theories that make Republicans look bad, and Republicans are going to be more likely to believe conspiracy theories that make Democrats look bad. That's not, you know, again, that's not a that's not a New York Times headline, right? That's not that's not breaking news, right? We, we would we would know that, but what we were more interested then is in things that may exacerbate or mitigate that motivated reasoning effect. And so, what we find is that political knowledge, people who are more knowledgeable about politics actually exacerbates that motivated conspiracy endorsement. Mm. Um, You might think that it would actually turn it off, but it actually turns it on. 
when you're more knowledgeable about politics, you're better able to make connections between your identities and your beliefs and say, hey, if I believe this, this really does bolster my side and make the other side look bad. Um, yeah. So knowledge turns it on, political knowledge, and then political trust turns it or mitigates. Um, so when you trust government, even if you really, really, really want to believe that the other side are a bunch of you know, cheating, uh, you know, uh, uh, nefarious, evil people, if you really trust government, you're not going to be able to talk yourself into that. Mm-hmm. So the sweet spot for these beliefs is high political knowledge, low trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I guess like as a as someone who's a skeptic and rather cynical, I, I guess that it, that for me extends to like not it's like not that I don't believe in like possibilities of like different uh, Illuminati type things that can that can and do happen it's just that I think that like you know probably if you're in the Illuminati there's a lot of people like you know at the cubicle and the Illuminati like on solitaire and stuff on their other nine to five you know I think everyone's just kind of human probably if you're in the Illuminati you're probably also don't like your boss in the Illuminati and like what are they up to and, and, and so, and I don't, and I also don't mean to write off, um, like regular old corruption with like, oh, no one's smart enough to pull off those things or no one's motivated enough to pull off those things. Corruption's real. It does happen. Um, conspiracies but, are real and conspiracies and, do happen. Right, right. Like, absolutely. Right. And it, it's, it's just that, uh, that some of them, it's just some of the things you know, I just, I just like working through them in my head and picturing. I, I put a post out on Facebook recently. that was like, you know, I go around, I, I got a pretty random sample size of scientists. As far as I can tell, I can email someone and be like, Hey, I'm a stranger in your town. And I'd like to talk about your work this week can you find some time? And most scientists are more than thrilled to be like, wow, someone wants to hear what I do. Yes. Finally. Like even, even my spouse doesn't want to hear me talk, talk about my, my work. I've, I've found scientists to be more than generous with not just their time, but their information. If, if, if they're hiding things, which I'm, I'm, you know, it's not like there's never things where it's like, well, we can't really, there's an awkward situation with the way funding's being done and this and that. It's not like that's never happened in the history of science or anything, but, um, but there, I, I posted this, you know, what I thought was like a very reasonable, thoughtful video that got a pretty reasonable response. I was worried it was going to get a stronger reaction and get more attacked by people. And someone was like, someone was just like, yeah, but what about stuff like this? And they posted this video that was a congressman a few years ago that, that was giving a talk about someone else who was like a CDC whistleblower that released a report that they were. So this is like such like detached, like third hand. It was like of a person. And I heard this from another person, from another person in the story that they heard was that they were eyewitness to 
um, uh, the CDC um, destroying data on vaccines and what they'd witnessed was that was that the scientists in the lab, they brought in a trash can, put in the paper data into the trash can and lit it on fire. And that's how they destroyed this and that evidence of a vaccine. And it's just like, wow. I mean, I guess I'm privileged that I've gotten to like see what labs look like and, and everything and talk to academics. But like to imagine that scenario where all data is stored in paper for some reason, this isn't right. like this isn't like the 1950s. This is like a few years ago. And then they're all getting together and ceremoniously burning it indoors in a trash can too. You're not worried about the fire alarms going up. Like nothing about this story is making sense. And, and that is, and that story is so much more logical than most of the conspiracies going around out there. Well, and I think that, yeah. And there the logic, logical sort of coherence, internal coherence of a conspiracy theory is sort of irrelevant in some sense to the whether to the to, or not related at all to the percentage or number of people who actually um, believe it. Um, and so, which makes it harder to debunk them because you can't debunk them with logic because the logic isn't what brought them there in, in, in the first place. We can talk about, you know, that we can talk about debunking potentially later, but uh, the way, the way to think about this. I'm writing so many notes, right? I can't write fast (laughs) enough. Um, Yeah. So the way to think about this is um, that conspiracy theory beliefs oftentimes stem from some level of uncertainty, some level of feeling powerlessness, um, some level of feeling like you've lost control. Okay, yes, so, I'm so, so your, okay. Good. Right, so put yourself in the position of a young mother who um, vaccinates her child um, as she's told to do, and follows the vaccination schedule that 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 um, trusted science um, has put forth, mm-hmm. and then around the time that that vaccine occurs is when, um, and these days it's happening early and earlier, right, that uh, that doctors are able to start testing for pre-autism sort mm-hmm. of signs or signs earlier about early signs of autism. And now you've got these two things that coincide. Kid got the vaccine and... Two months got, later, you go in for months, the autism test. Right, and what two do you months know? later, you go for the autism test and your doctor tells you that um, your child is is uh, exhibiting signs of um, potential autism, and these are things that you have to work work through. Okay, so now put yourself in this mother's position. Um, now her world is upended completely, and she's now searching for answers and reasons and explanations. This is what we all do um, when we don't understand something; we seek out explanations for it because if we can figure out an explanation, we can act. We can operate better in our world. Um, one explanation is that it's hereditary and she gave her kid autism. Uh, that's like the worst explanation for that mother to, to, to believe because then she feels like it's her fault. Right. Um, another explanation is that it's random. That also is not a satisfying explanation um, because if it's random, I can't control it. 
Um, and then she mentions this to a friend and her friend says, you know, there's a link between autism and, 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 and vaccines and pharmaceutical companies and scientists have been hiding this for years. They've been, you know, um, lighting data on fire for years to hide this. And she goes, mm-hmm. aha, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that answer, because now she sort of tied this up into a neat explanatory bow and now needs confirmation of that. So anything, no matter how logically out there it is, mm-hmm. uh, I really, really want to believe this thing. And so I'm going to believe all of the twists and turns and, and illogical nature of the things. And because I, I now have an answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, to me, what I think is really, what's the word? I, I don't want to say dangerous. It, 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 it's just such an, the motivated reasoning when it comes to conspiracies is such an unstoppable force from a confirmation bias point of view, because mm-hmm. the more incorrect you are about a thing, that's almost more evidence of just how sneaky absolutely they are if it's uh, like oh five g so you have a similar to your thing five g towers start going up and then shortly after this global well I don't remember 5G towers being up before, and I don't remember global pandemics happening before. Right after one another, you're telling me that's merely a coincidence, and then and then you find out like, okay, oh, oh I guess the 5G thing maybe isn't like so. It's even worse than I thought. Is like, you know, they're that good at hiding it that that okay because you can kind of get through and like uh like okay if you're if we're getting microchipped why is it why is it two doses why aren't they getting the microchip in on the first dose is the second one activated and I, oh you're right man they're really hiding it even in a it, it, it's it's it'll only become a more and more sophisticated um, story and and so so the the more you're proven wrong the more powerful this Absolutely. hidden operating system has to be the more intelligent, the more sneaky they are. Yeah. Yeah. And 5G is another good example. Um, the 5G tower is spreading the virus. Again, global pandemic. We're all freaked out. We're all uncertain. We're all feeling the, the effects of this pandemic in so many ways upending our lives. And we want to, we want to find answers. We want to know what's causing the virus, what's spreading the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't just be random. It can't be this unseen thing that we can't really fight. Um, so 5G towers, great. Uh, 5G towers are the answer. I can fight the tower. Mm. Uh, there's my. And someone did. Yes, and and more than one person did, and that's kind oh, of. Oh yeah, point. several. Yeah. Right. The, 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 that's the 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 either I can physically fight the tower myself. Yeah. Or I can spread the good word that towers are causing um, or spreading the virus. And yeah. that's a way that I can gain agency back um, in, in, in a way that I didn't have before. Yeah. I mean, it, th- so I, I hope that when I kind of set this up earlier, that, that people that are, it, it's not even so much that I'm, you know, 
It depends on what day you talk to me. I do have days where I'm absolutely enraged. No doubt, no doubt about it. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've had days people, a certain comment really sets me off, but, but I, but I do, I do find it absolutely fascinating. Take, take this for example, if we can kind of ground um, a, a big topic like consciousness and, and, and uh, motivated reasoning and, and confirmation bias. One of, one of the most helpful things that I ever heard is um, in relationships, there's, so, so the stress response system is uh, you, you get stressed, this, this hormonal cascade goes, goes through your, uh, your system and, and it, it delegates energy to um, this and that to get you out of the system, takes energy away from these long-term building projects and stuff like, you don't need that right now, you need to get the heck out of there. And uh, so let's power the legs and not power the sex drive or, or whatever. We need everything into reflexes right now. And, and then the threat is gone. And then you have this parasympathetic response that takes place. And this is all kind of a lot of this is regulated through hormones like cortisol and hormones, un unlike your reflexes, which are lightning fast and this, uh, you know, sending a synaptic signal, um, you know, from your toe to your brain, uh, hormones exchange can take, say, 20 minutes. And so 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 this parasympathetic response, it can take a while for us to get dialed down after we rage scroll on the internet or whatever else if you're in a relationship and you, you get worked up because of the dishes or whatever a lot of times what what will happen is you'll you'll actually resolve the issue at hand <laughs> but but your body your hormone <laughs> is telling you that there's still a threat you it's going to take 20 minutes before this parasympathetic response takes place and so how do you now now there something in your consciousness is going i'm getting this signal that i'm stressed i'm getting this signal that there's a threat and it's like directed at this person right now and i need to find evidence for this and and so you start searching back through time you start going oh this is like the other the last week when we were entertaining and you yeah. find you start you start piling the evidence your little lawyers inside start mounting the evidence for this court battle that you're now in with this person when you could just maybe go for a walk and separate for for 20 minutes and and revisit things uh, rather than pile on life-changing i i i that th that's one of the things that i don't always remember it in the moment but that that's great to know take but let, that. Me add, let me let me add on to that so, sure, so let's sure. take that let's take that example one step further um, yeah. instead of taking that walk what you do in that 20 minutes when you're still ramped up is you call a friend and you say my spouse did this isn't that awful? And your friend says, yes, that's awful. And you say, yes, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's even more awful than I thought it was. Oh, now I need to get a divorce. Right. And, and, right. Yeah. and what you do is you seek out confirmation for your, for your belief, right. not just internally, not by, not just by pattern matching saying, oh, this is like that other time, but you go look for social support, yeah. uh, which is exactly what happens with conspiracy theories. And wow. um, that, you know, some people say, well, you're crazy for believing X and start to isolate you, call you a crazy nut job conspiracy theorist. And then you say, 
well, there are people over here and, 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 and they reinforce my beliefs and they tell me I'm super smart for thinking these things. So yeah. I'm going to start hanging out with those people some more. And I'm going to spend more time on that subreddit or that eight chan or that four chan or 12 chan, whatever channel we're on now. Um, and we, and that's sort of that spiral that can happen because we're looking for that confirmation. We're looking for that support for these yeah. beliefs that we really, really, really want to hold on to. Yeah. Uh, and so, of course, that's yeah. why be- uh, that's why your best friends are the ones that tell you what you need to hear, not what you, not exactly. you want to hear. But exactly. boy, is it awkward to do, you know, that's why it doesn't happen that often. But yeah. but there's so now if you take something like, you know, it's probably been a hot minute since we've talked about it on the show, but you, you take something very similar, which is uh, these two major stressors in life, um, a lack of predictability mm-hmm. and lack of control, each one pretty stressful on its own, but you you take both of those things away. And, and now, especially chronically, now you have kind of this learned helplessness. And yeah. once, once you feel this kind of internal helpless feeling and you're looking for confirmation of this, what are those consciousness is so impressively good at this creating the most elaborate it's incredible i just got my second vaccine this week and and day two fortunately i'm mindful of all this stuff and it was like more amusing than anything but day two as my immune system was was going through boot camp um it was just uh it wasn't i've i've had much worse hangovers but but it was just this general like meh like i went to go and play pickleball made it through half a game before i was like no you're not you're not playing sports today and um even ones that are questionable if we should call it a sport and then and um (laughs) We could have a whole and, other podcast on, on what are sport, what, 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 what should we call it? What, what is a sport and what is not a sport? <laughs> there's, but there was this general, just very, just zapped very, by the way, following day felt amazing. And today is now three days later. Feel great. Um, but, um, but there was this general feeling of like, I was supposed to record a podcast that day maybe. And, just a general feeling of like, oh, what's the point in anything that I'm doing? And none of this is going to work out anyway, which is a pretty nice, convincing conscious narrative. Mm-hmm. If if you need to convince a big gangly organism to lay down in bed and not waste energy, mm-hmm. that's that's a pretty convincing narrative to get it to not... <laughs> get out of get out of bed and and it's hard to not attach to those stories and seek more evidence for them because you can i've gone down that wormhole many times and so so the the point is is if you're if you're feeling this if you're experiencing this learned helplessness which so many people are many points in their lives the conscious narrative that's going to perpetuate that is well the whole the world is full of shocks and random uh, chaos and everything else too or it's just like plotting plotting against me and so what's the point in doing anything anyway right 
Right. And, and you mentioned learned helplessness and there, there, there is a scale that psychologists are developing. There's a scale for everything, but um, there is a learned helplessness scale and we've used it in our research. And we found that um, learned helplessness is positively related and causally related because we can do this. We've done this in a panel survey where time one learned helplessness predicts time two conspiracy theory um, beliefs. Now it's a vicious cycle because um, conspiracy horrible. theory beliefs also cause learned helplessness. Right. And if you believe the world is 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 run by secret plots that we'll never understand, um, then that's certainly not going to make you feel efficacious. <laughs> yeah. It's certainly going to feed into learned helplessness. So there's this vicious cycle, um, learned helplessness to conspiracy theories, to learned helplessness to conspiracy theories and so forth in this sort of death spiral. Right. Yeah, that it, it is. It's, it's like that, that thing plotting against you is your own conscious narratives, unfortunately. And it's hard, it's hard to convince people that, I mean, I've, I, first off, I've been there. I've told myself all sorts of stories of like why I shouldn't put any effort into life or believe in anything or, or this and that. And some of them are kind of realistic too. I mean, I, that's another conversation so for another day. Because your but, brain is so agile uh, and you've, yourself, you've convinced yourself. Yeah. Uh, but, but there's, you know, I, I can, I've had, I've had two good friends that are just a hyper salient example of exactly one one was so all this started both happened around like 9 11 mm-hmm. was was there's this big what's going to happen next we're all scared you never saw this coming i'd never even considered such a thing as a possibility not just an attack but such an attack in a peculiar way and anyone and and so which really gave rise to like info wars as this alex jones uh, starts and and especially, you know, so being a comedian or a divergent thinker, um, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, this, this like exciting kind of fringe narrative. You know, I hear this to, uh, well, I, I don't want to get too off course, but one, one thing that I hear a lot when, when people are trying to, when they send me some like, COVID denier or whatever that's like an intelligent it's usually like an engineer or something that's like verbally fluent that doesn't know virology that's like written some like well-worded thing Mm -hmm. and and they'll be like well you know science throughout history every major all of these major scientific advances were thought crazy and at the fringe I'm like no 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 you're misunderstanding what happened there what happened was was that a physicist <laughs> that was really good at what they do and well trained in physics and mathematics and stuff made a discovery that was like a little bit outside of the norm and like physicists like bickered over like this new model or this old model that was like you know to an outsider m- you would be indistinguishable um and and then there was like this once in a generation kind of shift in this one 
field that didn't abandon the old model still worked within what it was modeling and and that is very different what hasn't happened in history was like well there's this guy that was searching for bigfoot and the loch ness monster and ancient aliens and uh, and had signals for uh, for other aliens and every other thing under the sun and they figured out all of them it turns out they were right all along that's never happened um <laughs> I'm going on a whole tirade right now. I feel like I should take a break. So, but anyway, the, 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 um, let me just finish the, the personal story, which is, which is that both, both these friends, the same things happened. They got into the Infowars stuff. They got into the fringe thinking of stuff. You know, it was all like fun and games in the beginning. And then something happened. One of them got MS and and then really spiraled into the like oh i was drinking diet a lot of diet coke at the time and then and then that that was and then you look into it and what do you know it has to do with like jews covering up this and that and it ended up becoming like some white supremacist sort of thing um and uh, having to do something or other with christianity lizard people are involved Okay, well that that got crazy in a hurry, and then same thing happened. My other friend, um, same thing. You know, the the one like hippie guy that I know who's like you know thinks a lot like I do and is artsy and everything. His mom gets cancer. He goes through a hard time with it. She had a you know it was a really uh, hard, devastating um, loss for him. So, same thing uh deep deep into the conspiracy world at that time ends up becoming like super racist and everything else which is like so out of character for the old person that i knew and uh and again is just like learned helplessness just running amok um yeah well and there's there's also another piece of this around the whole learned helplessness, feeling like you've lost control, um, bad things have happened to you, your family, or in the world. One is seeking out an explanation for that thing. But um, the other thing is that uh, if we lose control in one as aspect of our lives, we sometimes try to overly gain control in another aspect of our lives to compensate mm. for the fact that we've lost control someplace else. One way to gain control is to connect dots that other people haven't connected, right? And again, because our brains are so good at this kind of thing, we can connect lots of dots. Um, we can see mm. two things that just uh, are, are you know, related or happen at the same time. And we can build all sorts of stories uh, around uh, why those two things are related. And that is, again, a powerful look at how smart I am or look at how 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 in the know I am. And now mm -hmm. I am uh, among my group of friends. They look to me because I'm able to connect these dots and figure these things out. And now I can share this with everybody else. And now I can't cure my mother's cancer, but mm -hmm. I can teach my friends about the Illuminati or about mm -hmm. the this or that or the other thing about aliens living among us. And I can be the conduit 
in a sense of all of this vast amount of information, I can distill it down into A causes B causes C in a really simple story. And I put my energy there because I can't do the thing that I really want to do, which is cure my mother's cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's also, there's also a thing where it's like, it's like everyone, everyone's always like most conspiracy theorists. When, when you talk to there, they're usually, um, you, you know, if you're not like specifically their main outgroup target, which unless it's like race related, no one's like in their outgroup that actually exists. So you meet the, and they're, and they're very, they're always super nice, like always have like a really big heart and everything else. And so, so there's, there's always this, this has happened, you know, my whole life with, I was raised super religious and everything. It's like, well, they're, they're so nice and they like mean well and everything else. And so that's a good person. Don't you want to, a, a good person can't be wrong about a thing. <laughs> um, right. I, I'll tell you that, so I'm, I'm bipolar. And so I have uh once in a while, I'll have an extreme manic episode. So I, I get to, uh, I, I get to once in a while, I get to take a vacation and uh crazy. And, and so I, I like, I get it. I get what people are seeing in, in those, in those States. And it is, it's so powerful. I'm, I consider myself a bit of a connoisseur of uh, of like emotional drivers, and I I have like a deep appreciation for most of them, other than paranoia is the one that I just can't wrap my head around much of the utility of mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's so dilute because what'll happen is when you're in a really paranoid state like that, like 99% of me knows logically, this is not actually more 99.999% of me knows logically, this is not the case. This is not this paranoid idea is not, but it's so salient that and it's that it's like, but if it is the cost involved are so tremendous. Mm -hmm that it's not you can't risk that not considering that yes yes Mm -hmm. and that's right that the i'd rather believe this than not believe it right for that reason right because again the consequences i'd rather have my guard up i'd rather not drive by a 5g tower during a global pandemic Mm -hmm. um because you know maybe the chances that the 5g tower is spreading the virus are slim but if it's the case um, and again, are we we're, we're trying to figure out how and and how to operate uh, in the, the current context that we're living in, and the when we're in those hyper-threatened, anxious states, that teeny percentage is enough to potentially change our behavior mm. right? to avoid the the tiny chance that something really bad will happen. Mm. Right. Yeah. You said something that before you said something that made me want to, and now I lost it. Um, Oh, one thing. And it's just, it's just sort of my, not exactly pet peeve, but 
I try to stay away from the, the phrase conspiracy theorist. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I do that is because uh, what the research kind of shows is that it's not conspiracy theorist sort of denotes like a, a type of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are there are people who are conspiracy theorists and there are people who are not conspiracy theorists. And it kind of denotes this sort of stable characteristic of the person. And what we see is that that's not the case, that 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 um, pretty much you know, everyone has dabbled in or believed a conspiracy theory at one point in 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 their lives and situations um, can change. And so that sometimes people will believe and sometimes they won't believe uh, people on the losing side of politics are more likely to believe conspiracy theories than on the winning side of politics. And some, you know, so winners become losers and losers become conspiracy theorists and then they become winners and they're no longer conspiracy theorists. And so I try to stay away from that phrase for that reason um, that, that the, that there are a lot of situational determinants of these, these beliefs Mm-hmm. Um, there are certainly personality characteristics as well, um, but that it's not just these, you know, group A and group B. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I tend to I, I tend to lump them in. I, I'll tend to say the conspiritual or uh, or the uh, uh, scary tale peddlers or something if I'm having a bad day. But that's sure. uh, there. There there's definitely religiosity um, attached uh, to it. It, it. it is the tendency that I seem to uh, have noted. And, and that's so that's the the kind of new age and wellness community is sort of ripe with this during COVID because mm-hmm. uh, there's this, the, the manifestors, if you have this point of view, which has tons of utility in many situations, like you said, everything's kind of situational, so much utility to creating a vision board. And I mean, Michael Phelps mentally rehearsed yep. swimming Mm-hmm. Um, every, every night before bed and, sure. and though there's tons of utility in, in that, but, but where it kind of like goes a little off mm-hmm. is when you start literally believing that you're manifesting every aspect of your reality. And oh, then sure. right. you kind of get confronted with, oh, well, but why isn't real reality bending to my will? Um, right. you know, and then, right. and then there's some cognitive dissonance that kind of starts firing off there. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned re- religiosity and there certainly is a, a, a correlation between, um, religiosity and conspiracy theory beliefs. And probably the thing that holds those two, uh, types of, uh, of beliefs together is, uh, a willingness to believe things that we can't see in some respects, right? That, that, um, that, or even take that one step further, a willingness to believe that things that we can't see powerful people or beings or entities that we can't see, uh, are having some sort of control over the, the tangible, right? The things that, that we can, that we can see. Um, and so this, this aspect of sort of being able to suspend disbelief, um, being able to sort of sort of sort of take that step back and say, just because I can't see it doesn't mean that it's not true. Mm. Um, and 
just because you, I can't give you tangible evidence for it doesn't mean that it's not, not um, true. Um, so I have this kind of, and, and that's where you sort of new age thinking, you know, can be related to conspiracy theory beliefs, religiosity can be related to conspiracy theory beliefs. Um, the a belief in sort of the mystical or the uh, can is also related in, in some ways. I sort of have this idea and I haven't actually done this study and I should just stick a couple of these questions on one of my surveys one of these days. People and it's 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 I'll just throw this hypothesis out there that that people who are really into science fiction or really into fantasy uh, may very well be more likely to believe conspiracy um, theories. And again, because mm -hmm. it's about the suspension of disbelief, um, mm -hmm. this being able, being willing to sort of, like, I can't get into fantasy. I can't get into science fiction and I can't get into it because I'll watch it and I'll say, but that can't happen. Right. And yeah. my brain can't like, like, I, like, I can't, I can't lose myself in it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You and should check out. You should check out Alien Worlds on Netflix. Oh um, yeah, I've because, heard because because it's super grounded, okay. um, and it's 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 more it's science speculation rather than science fiction. So Got it's it. like okay. a way of. I, I'd be curious what you think of. So they have like an evolutionary biologist being like, hey, look, this insect has wacky eyes and here's why sexual selection shaped that. Here's if gravity works slightly differently on this planet, this is maybe what a thing. And then there's fun CGI and stuff. Uh, oh, cool. But, but anyway, sorry, I interrupted oh, you. No. <laughs> it's fine. You'll thank me when you watch it. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, and so I think that that again, all of this is about what your brain, what you can tolerate as, as an acceptable explanation mm -hmm. for something. Uh, and we're all searching for explanations and we want to find explanations that are satisfying to us because they serve the purpose that we need um, them to serve. Mm -hmm. And so people have different um, tolerances for types of evidence, tangible, um, being able to physically see the cause and the effect versus ones who are willing to take things on faith um, a little bit more. And so I think that there's, again, a level there. And then, of course, keep in mind that when you really want to find an explanation, all that goes out the window because you really, really, really want to find an answer and you'll throw all of the lot right, to find an answer mm. um, to get one that is that you think then ultimately will satisfy your whatever uncertainty, anxiety whatever's mm. going on the sad thing is that it usually doesn't it usually makes us more anxious yeah um, yeah but yeah. we think it's going to help and then you need it more because <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly yeah and it, it, uh, a bit of a cycle um there's well it, there's also there's also something going on with i don't know why my voice went up there there's also um <laughs> but there's because i want to talk about Overperceiving agency because yeah. it was related to what you were just saying but there's also something with a fondness for it's probably attached to some high openness stuff of like uh a, a, a real a, a comfort um with ambiguity being yes. comfortable with ambiguity but but also really high in agree like i'm very high in openness but i'm low in uh, agreeableness okay and and so it seems like high in openness plus high in agreeableness is 
is like new agey sort of thing. <laughs> and so now you're talking about like, um, yeah, you, know, you know, way into like, uh, uh, sacred geometry is, uh, and, and I'm just like, well, what do you mean sacred? Like, you can't question it. What are we talking about? Are we talking about like the, the, some of the angles of a triangle is 180 degrees. Cause I'm on board if that's what we're talking about here, but it's never, it's never that it's, 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 it's like, no, I just think it's all magic. And so I'm like, Oh, but, but the Fibonacci is in all these different plants. Well, because a leaf that's 30 degrees to the side of a leaf above it gets more that can stays out of the shade. Is that what you're, yes, it would, it would be more peculiar if plants didn't stumble on this trick over and over again through a billion years of evolution. Is that what we're talking about here? No, no. It's like this magic kind of, and there's this, it's almost like this in terms of the group dynamic. It's almost like this, fighting over territory of, 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 of like, uh, of, of the known and the unknown or the cognitive mm -hmm. science is like, here's what, here's what we know. Here's what we don't know. Here's what we're exploring and no comment on the rest of it. Whereas, whereas a lot of people are like, okay, all that no comment stuff. That's mine. That's where <laughs> I'm, that's where I'm planting my flag. That's my territory. Sure. Yeah. Um, and this magical thinking, magical thinking aspect is really fascinating um, that um, so there's this and, and now and I'm looking over to the side because I have the book over here and I'm and I'm blanking on it. Um, I'll follow up with you later because I do want to give you the citation to this to this book. But sure. um, there's a relationship between things like magical thinking, again, and conspiracy theory belief. So um, these scholars um, create develop the scale and it's kind of like a magical or symbolic thinking type of a scale. And so it's it's a series There are only four maybe or six um, questions. And it's a pair of things. Would you rather do A or B? Right. And there are things like this. Would you rather eat a plate of cockroaches or take a knife and stab a picture of your family. <laughs> okay. Would you rather, um, you know, you know, do something, do something physically unpleasant, like stand in line at the DMV for yeah. five hours or scream at the top of your lungs. I wish my family were dead. Uh-huh. Um, and so there's, it's, it's, but, and, and I'm not pitting the right ones I mean, against one another, but the basic idea is there are things that are, that are obviously tangible, unpleasant things. Right. And then and there's there things, things where that, I'm just like, well, do I have to mean it? Or can I just stab the picture? And well, like, well, well, be a fun <laughs> well, the idea here is that, is that there, there, there are people who will be much more likely to eat all the nasty stuff. Yeah. Then step or 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 jump on jump on a, a somebody somebody's grave or sleep in a house that there was a murder in, right? And so like yeah. take, take all these symbolic things, um, and now me, you know, I I took the scale myself. I gave it to to my husband, and we're both, you know, oh, we're we're stabbing the family. 
I'm not eating those cockroaches. I'm, I'm, I'm stealing, not stabbing, yeah, I'm stabbing the picture stabber. of my family. Yeah. The symbolic stuff me doesn't too. bother me at all. No, me either. Right. Um, but for some people, some people who are higher on that sort of the magical thinking, like if I step on that crack, it really will break my mother's back. Um, maybe superstitious beliefs um, mm-hmm. that um, are more likely, again, to see patterns and mm-hmm. um, to be willing to accept these, you know, conspiratorial connections um, and links uh, that uh, others of us would say there's no logical connection uh, connection there. And so yeah. that kind of magical thinking, symbolic thinking um, is also related to um, conspiracy. Thank yeah, you. there's that, that's that is interesting. That's always. There, there is like a, um, like a conscientiousness, like a, uh, like a cleansing kind of. Uh, uh, well, there's the interesting moral stuff of like letting people wash their hands after they've kind of done something wrong, and it kind of cleanses their. Uh, you know, you have them cheat on a test or prime them to cheat on a test or something. They can wash their hands afterwards, and then they'll. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they'll cheat on the test again or or whatever, rather, uh, but they won't if they don't get a chance to wash their hands because they'll be riddled with guilt. There is <laughs> there is something with because uh, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, by the way, this isn't an attack on like the wellness community, although. Holy smokes, when, when it comes to global pandemics, there's a whole lot of sno- snake oil that's been fired up through history. Um, and, uh, and, and there's, and, and diet fads and everything else are nothing new, but there's a lot of interesting words associated. There's a lot of cleanses. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, uh, clean eating Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. There's just a lot of this, uh, these ideas of clean living, clean, uh, there's, it's like this almost like an OCD of ideas or something like that, or of, of the abstract. Uh, um. Yeah. And, and, and to me, to me, that also comes back to control. Um, if I, if, you know, I'm going to control every aspect of what I eat, um, be very conscious of what I put in my body and not be, and wanting to eat all natural because that gives me some control, presumably over my health. Right? I'm mm-hmm. going to be able to actively stay healthy for longer, not get cancer um, because of the active things that I'm doing mm-hmm. um, that may or may not be based in scientific anything. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And it's, it, especially right? emboldened by things that are absolutely eating healthier food is the, absolute way to way to go if you can if you can do it and then it's when it when it goes from like that to this then it kind of gets it starts blending into things where it's just you know it just gets hijacked then anything with the word organic on it must that must mean it's good for you anything Mm -hmm. that says cage free on it that must that must mean that like uh, the these animals are just like having little uh, like <laughs> skipping around in the fields or something like that and right. um but going back to this uh it, so what do you think about 
how much of this is, well, a mismatch with our modern world. And I, I guess, I, cause there's a few things. I, I don't know which direction I have. I have two equally interest, uh, equally interesting things that I would love to hear your take on. Um, I'll just, hopefully we can get to both of them. Um, one is the ability to assign agency, the, this theory of mind stuff that mm-hmm. humans were able to, to be able to predict if you're running this way at a Buffalo or something that it's going to move in this direction because the Buffalo is going to understand that you're there Mm -hmm. and you have intention. And then you knowing that the Buffalo knows that you have intention allows you to, and then you can make eye contact with someone else across the field. And this is like this incredibly complicated thing that the, that uh, social animals are able to pull off and these pack hunters are able to pull off and it's so beneficial and, and to know that something might be out to get you to know that something could jump out of the brush at any time. And there's a rustling in the brush and that might happen. It's the, the, there was a cost to not um, to, to sometimes missing when Absolutely. something did have agency. Absolutely. Uh, there's, you know, there's a sense that in, you know, in kind of the work that I do in studying why people believe conspiracy theories, there's, whenever I talk about this, I, I want to be clear that I, I don't want to give the impression that what I'm saying is we need to study these people because we need to fix them. I think mm-hmm. there's some pathology here that needs to be fixed. Um, because certainly in a, in a democracy, if we want to get all political for a second, um, we want people to question government. Um, and so we might actually turn this question on its head, right? And instead of asking, why are there people who sometimes don't trust government or don't, or ask, is that really the, ex- like, is it the government explanation for that event? Um, is that really the explanation or is there something else going on here? Um, are those the people we should be studying, maybe it's maybe the people we should be studying are ones who say, I believe everything any authority ever, ever says to me, right? I trust everything. Yeah. Um, That, um, and there are, um, (laughs) that would would be a hilarious t-shirt. Just, (laughs) I trust everything. everything. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, think about those two t-shirts. Think about two people. One who's wearing an, I trust everything. One who's wearing an, I trust nothing t-shirt. I'm hanging out with the I trust nothing, nothing person 100% of the time, without a would, doubt. I think I would be too. I, unless, unless the I trust everything person is wearing it ironically, which I would. And then well, that person's hilarious. Of course. But that's a different, that's a different dimension. <laughs> of course. Right. Right. But that's, but that's the thing here, right? Is that, is that um, we, there's, if we're going to accept in, in a democracy, we want to, you know, we want the marketplace of ideas. We want, you know, we don't want censorship. We want people to question their government because we want government accountability. Then we're going to have to accept as a community some level of conspiracy theorizing. Um, mm. It's 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 just it's part of it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and because our brains are, are hardwired to pattern match, um, because our brains are hardwired to see agency when agency doesn't exist, uh, we will sometimes connect dots and say, this person caused this thing to happen through this plot or this A, B, C, and D that doesn't, that, that, that doesn't exist. Um, and so what do we do about that? Do we say, okay, we're going to wipe the internet clean of all sorts of information that may lead someone down a conspiracy path? Um, that's pretty frightening um, to me. Um, mm. to think about, um, to think about, uh, that kind of, a yeah, the censorship and it, wouldn't, issues and it and... wouldn't, it wouldn't fix it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the, because, because our brains are still going to try to seek out explanations. We won't be able to go to the internet for it. We'll go to our friends. We'll go, we'll, we'll go outside and look at the world and we'll figure it out in other ways and we'll come up with answers. Um, and some of them will be conspiracy answers. Yeah. And that will only push you to just like only trust your insular group and your neighbors. But I mean, it's just, we, we are now, uh, this, this kind of asking your buddies for advice on everything, um, in, in life probably got, you know, was your best option through most of human history and now we're in a situation where well if you want to know how a jet engine works you don't go asking your neighbor unless one of your neighbors builds jet engines and that's the only reason why you would ask that person about why why jet engines work and it's we we are just in a vastly more complicated world that that is built on the scaffolding of all of these technologies we're communicating because there's wires going across things and satellites and sky you know it's not everyone not everyone needs to be aware that the earth is round 24 7 and and it's it's not gonna be that big of a deal if there's a few flat earthers out there but people people controlling satellites better darn well know that, that the right. earth is round and exactly. have a sense of how that operates and and the, and then so we then do need to have some trust and expertise and mm-hmm. and then yeah there's a first of all i'm just looking at the clock how, how much how much longer do i have you for just because i'm just loving this conversation so much but i want to be respectful of your time we i would probably say probably about another here. 10 minutes or so. Let me okay, just. Okay, cool. Me. Yeah, yeah. Um, At least 10 more minutes, 10, 15 in there. Yeah. Well, uh, because there's, there, there's an interesting thing of, of like, rather than, okay, COVID happened. I, I think. When I go out, you know, I, I talk to virologists and, so, and I go outside and I'm like, oh, well, that's even that six feet thing isn't like quite enough. They should, uh, I'm not going to say anything, but like I go outside and I'm like, oh, I, I haven't seen anyone doing it right. Like <laughs> whether they're meaning to or not, I'm like, oh, no, 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 that's the incorrect. Oh, you're doing all that backwards. But um, it, not that people aren't like meaning well and everything else, but one of the things that you see a lot of is the the hypersensitivity to hypocrisy where mm-hmm. where where 
you know, if, if things don't make exact, uh, you know, I, well, how, how come, uh, uh, how, how come this fast food place operates in this regard? And then I can, I can go in, I got to wear a mask to go in the restaurant and then I can take it off. None of that makes any sense. Why are we wearing a mask in the first place? No, because that doesn't make sense doesn't mean masks don't work. It means going indoors in a restaurant <laughs> right. is a bad idea. And people are just like skirting around uh, like various laws and stuff, which are trying to capture objective reality and then communicate it to masses in this complicated thing that that like we can't all learn how a jet engine works um but there there's this like abandonment of like oh caught a thing caught a found gotcha found a thing that doesn't make sense all right now i don't have to listen to any of it and the people who are doing that are the ones who don't want to wear the mask again again it's our brains doing what our brains do which is finding um seeking out a way to be able to reject the thing that we want to reject Mm -hmm. right um and the other the other aspect of this, I think that's an important important to keep in mind um, with the pandemic, but with any really science thing, um, the pandemic has just ramped this up, is that um, at the beginning of this pandemic, you know, scientists didn't know what COVID was either and how it was spread right. and how to best. And so we saw at the beginning, you know, of, of you know, the first three, four months, Scientists saying one thing and then so don't wear masks, wear masks, you know, disinfect everything in your house, uh, you know, put yourself yeah. in a containment, you know, you know, you know spray yourself down. Um, and what happened was we don't typically, because we don't typically have these fast moving scientific mm-hmm. sort of events in a sense that we were all watching the scientific sausage being made. And nobody yeah. wants to watch the scientific sausage being made. And science isn't that clean. I mean, science is messy. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that scientists started saying, you know, started with a, you know, you know, don't we don't need masks, and then turn around and said we do need ma- need masks is because science evolved. And even um, if you look through those papers, there was like a lot of back and forth of like, well, if we tell people to wear masks, are they going to disregard the distancing? It was sure. like a lot of those kind of considerations being made that are much more nuanced and complicated. Than Absolutely. Like, oh, Absolutely. they were saying masks are worthless. And now they're saying we Absolutely. all need to wear these muzzles. Like, no, and, it was know, never that. Right, right. And, and, and so and again, if that's then that's another way to point to hypocrisy. Well, they said we shouldn't wear them. And right. and Bill Gates says I should wear a mask. So Bill Gates has got some sort of tracking device in the masks mm. and it's all yeah. Bill Gates's fault or. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Not fault, but it's Bill Gates is controlling us in some way now through masks. Putting the one face on something, too, is a nice little uh-huh. um, a, a, a apophony kind of uh, over perceiving pattern, simplifying an agency. Right? Agency. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, last little thing I'll share with you just because I think you're going to enjoy this and maybe you'll have a thing to break down and we'll, and we'll wrap up. So I had a I had a so I've been I, I like evolutionary mismatch stuff a lot. I, I do think 
I do think a lot of this is modern problems, but this is also superstition has been all through human history. I had an episode, I don't know if it was like November or something. Anyway, I had a uh, great uh, Zach Garfield and Manveer Sai, I think is his last name, um, uh, talking about, so they're both anthropologists. One of them studies um, like witchcraft and stuff and kind of how, how um, like hunter-gatherer tribes go, practice medicine and also settle like kind of legal disputes through the same sort of, yeah, it's the same sort. It's just like early versions of like doctors or judges, but just a lot more like sorcery dress, which Mm -hmm. if you think it's silly, judges still wear weird (laughs) gown things for who Mm -hmm. knows what reasons other than historical leftovers. But, um, uh, but anyway, they, there's this tribe and it's just it's it's kind of predictable in a lot of ways if you know a lot of the things that we've already discussed um so you'll get a kick out of it there's there's this tribe they have this uh what happens is they'll sometimes get a waterborne virus and um and so the doctor the witch doctor whatever is called and to their home and um and so then the diagnosis is that uh, so they don't they don't know, you know, germ theory. They don't understand. And then the diagnosis is that they uh, that there's like this uh, like ghost alligator that gets in through the faucet at the night at night and bites them. And that's how, and so this is one aspect of it is. What's interesting is they're making uh, like the subconscious they're picking up on. There's a connection to the water. It's it's mm-hmm. close. It's just missing the mark. And then consciousness is kind of exaggerating um, and embellishing a story, which is a smart thing to do if you want to make something salient and remembered and pay attention to it. And then and then the so the then the doctor will give like you know practical advice of resting and whatnot. And maybe some concoctions, maybe some of them work, some of them don't, or whatever. Um, I'm I'm sure some of them are are useful. Uh, but then there's a a thing of like it was that alligator had agency, and the reason why that happened to them was because they were doing something wrong, something that they deserved. What were they doing wrong? A social thing, of course, which was that they must not have been being generous enough. And the tri- is pretty much the same diagnosis every time. They, you must have been being too greedy. The water alligator came in and bit in your sleep. That's what it, that's what the water alligator does with the greedy ones. And so the remedy is be more generous, be more uh, caring and altruistic. And yeah. and that's your kind of penance for this. And that's how you gain control over the situation. And and that's um, how a society um, um, uh, advances its values. Um, too, and the whole generosity component of that. Um, mm. It's its not just you didn't do the right thing, but you didn't do this particular right thing that our community values, and we want everyone to be generous, so we're going to blame it on you not being uh, generous, uh, but this unseeing thing, this waterborne uh, illness, mm-hmm. and tell you that this is how you got it and this is the cure to be generous instead of maybe i don't know 
blocking up the spout that the alligator <laughs> yeah. came, came, came yeah. through. <laughs> yeah, we should get that alligator. Is no one trying to find this alligator and kill it? <laughs> yeah, I, and I and I want to be careful here too, right? Because I I. I'm not making fun of the belief, right? I mean, we're, we're, oh, we're I'm here, saying, right? I'm saying yeah, if yeah. you think that's crazy, we're do that is the exact same thing. 5g and everything. I I'm sure yeah. I have a zillion beliefs of my own that are not that different from we the ghost do. alligator. We all have superstitions. Yeah. We all of you play sports. We all have those superstitions about wearing the, the, this particular, or, you know, never washing socks during the season yeah. or um, rooting for your team. And while my team wins every time I wear this particular sweatshirt. And so I'm going to wear that sweatshirt. Um, you know, damn well that wearing that sweatshirt is not going to have any impact on whether your team wins or not, but you do it anyway, because what if it does? Yeah. What if somehow I do have control and I really want my, and so it doesn't, serve me and it's it doesn't bother me to wear the sweatshirt but if i don't and they lose it could have been my fault plus if you're a kid in little league and your mom's ragging on you to do oh. your laundry like oh no, no. don't that's, that's, <laughs> right. i can't clean up my room this is lucky you got a big game going exactly <laughs> <laughs> um well this uh, this has been absolutely wonderful you'll you'll have to you'll have to either come back on or point me in the direction of someone to do a whole kind of uh debunking um sort of episode not not just to not not just of like uh let's go after these uh conspiratorial folks but just generally you know um uh, the disinformation that we all mm -hmm. um uh, yeah. are confronted with and in all of our lives in the information age yes. um so mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, the, this has been absolutely. Is there did it was there anything that you wanted to put a bow on before? Was there any loose ends out there that I'm that or anything that you wanted to make sure and mention, or um, so. sites that you want people to check out, or anything like um, that? Book recommendations? Yeah, why don't I why don't I send those to you and then you can because I'm sure. blanking yeah, on we'll, it right now. The, don't worry about it. Yeah, I'll send um, you I'll send you a couple of things. Uh, yeah, on that, on that we'll front add it in the description. Yeah. You know, we didn't talk about QAnon at all today, but everything about QAnon fits and everything that we've been talking about here, we can actually come back at some point. Oh, if you want, if, I mean, yeah. if you want to come back on, I I have a, I definitely have another 90 minutes, no problem <laughs> of, of stuff that I would love to chat with you about. So yeah, you, you let, we can discuss afterwards, but yeah. sure. If sure. you, yeah, if you want to do a part two, I would, I would love to do that anytime you're ready. Um, awesome. Well, this is great. Well, thank you, uh, Joanne great. Miller, for me. joining me. And thank you, listeners, for being such wonderful, curious people. We'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for watching, everybody. Next week on the show, talked with these chaps. Lovely, lovely guests. Uh, super fun. Funny. Um, just all the, uh, we, we talk a lot about marketing and behavioral economics. Those are always like really, really popular conversations on the show. They're always, they're always, I'm glad you guys kind of have the same response to the subject as I do. Sometimes people are surprised by, um, 
it, it being um you know more filled with like interesting insights than they than they uh imagined uh going into it like the like the episode where i had um uh, where we talked about uh the lost wallet study for example stuff like that i'll get convert I'll, I'll get comments from people um that they were kind of blown away and not expecting to learn so much from the uh the subject matter this is going to be one of those kind of episodes already recorded it was awesome i didn't read the whole book ahead of time um because i'm i'm like i'm reading this book called shape right now the hidden geometry of information biology strategy democracy and everything else for another to brush up on uh, and i'm i haven't read a math or physics book in like a decade and so I need to brush up on that more for that guest than this stuff was already kind of in my wheelhouse, but uh, super, super readable and uh, fun. Blind Sight, The Mostly Hidden Ways Marketing Reshapes Our Brains. I haven't read much in COVID, guys. I have to tell you, like papers and stuff and like articles and things, but not like physical books. I feel like I haven't even had a time to... I barely had time to get through like a full whole book in all of COVID because I've had a million new projects and reorienting my career and everything else. Um, I want to say Mind Under Matter. If you haven't checked it out, my new podcast with Ramin Nazer going so well. We're getting so much amazing, amazing feedback and trying to expand and do more. So I, I'm now because we have a Patreon only podcast on there, and then I'm I'm working on doing uh, a, a Patreon only um, podcast for Here We Are as well. So I'm trying to figure out how to pull off four podcasts a week, and uh, you know, and while figuring out all sorts of you wouldn't believe the dumb issues like podcast hosting. How do you get a different podcast art image on an app? Since I, uh, I'm working with Ramin, we have a different cool piece of art for every single episode. How do you do that? This hosting platform says it does it. We try to do it. And it doesn't work. Just constant little things <laughs> like that is what has been occupying my life for especially 2021 um but last year as well instead of what should be occupying my life which is reading more books to get ready for my guests but my my guests next week are really 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 awesome so make sure and check that one out it's it's killer. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, I I hope when I said at the beginning of this that this is a really good episode. I hope you're in agreement with me. I thought I thought this episode was was truly fantastic, um, and I do want to do more uh, stuff with conspiracy research. We didn't even get to Joanne's papers. You should go to you should go to our her um her profile, and go in the description and uh, in uh, of this episode and check out. Uh, some more of the links and stuff that we are uh, providing uh, to more of her things. And like, for example, she wrote a paper on gender differences in conspiracy thinking. Ooh, you know, I want to have her back on uh, to talk about that. 
so hope hopefully she'll find time but otherwise i'll 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 uh get some more guests on the subject want to give a big shout out to i just went through um through uh, uh my patreon and i was just kind of looking through um long uh, uh long term some of the longest um contributors i just wanted to give some shout outs just to people that have been around for a while and have uh, over time um yeah, given a fair amount of support um to the show which by the way it's an ad free show none of this is possible this is i have a full time editor now my assistant's been helping out uh, again and and uh so you know it's a whole you're supporting a whole family um but uh waldo on on uh patreon is trying so i had you know i did a whole long thing about uh boat carpet for for uh for mark mark ryan and people didn't even it was funny it was in the episode of about comedy research i think was it that one i think it was because we talked about when I when you do a thing that's a whole elaborate thing based on a real thing and then people don't believe you and you're like, were you making that up? No, I wasn't making up that. You could go to the boatcarpetoutlet.com website or whatever. Check it out for yourself. Uh, just because it was a hilarious 25-minute rant about boat carpet doesn't mean I made up the concept of boat carpet so anyhow i i asked waldo i was like hey do you want anything to plug do you like you know have business or anything like that and listen to this sweetheart this generous man who has been a longtime supporter he goes um he he goes uh i don't have anything to plug personally but it would be mind-blowingly fantastic if you could plug my best friend's latest music release. How nice is that? It's called The Instrumental Stylings of Lewis Bailey. And by the way, I checked it out. It's awesome. <laughs> I took a look at the Spotify cover and loved it, by the way. And and then it's it's on uh, Laguna Bay Records out of San Francisco. Digital can be found on Amazon. And and I really enjoyed the music. I didn't hear all of it. I never listen to music. Don't read books. Uh, spending less time in the car. Don't listen to my audiobooks. Don't listen to music. Uh, I, I listen to music like once a month, uh, in, in COVID apparently. Um, and so, uh, anyway, it, it's called the instrumental stylings of Lewis B Bailey, L E W I S B A I L E Y. And, uh, it's it's uh he's describing it as and i'd say this is accurate from what i heard it's surf rock like experimental ventures with japanese flavor and uh so check that out um he said he currently plays for the sunnyside five out of san fran as well so Thanks, Waldo, for one, being an awesome contributor and then being a good friend. 
um, and and plugging your friend's music. That's super cool of you. Love people that support art. Thank you guys for your generous support. And it's been really nice um, catching up with people on, on board game nights on Patreon and such. And please make sure and check out Mind Under Matter. It's my favorite new thing. It's so much fun. And it's such a kind of, it's just perfect. It's perfect. I love it. Um, and so uh, hopefully it's not just because it's new and exciting. I actually think I get more excited about it all the time. We're getting better and better. If you look at the last episode, we now have all the new studio setup, which we've even tweaked since that time. But we continue to get uh, the video and audio better and uh we're adding we're adding more uh highlights on social media especially instagram i like instagram shane the most by the way and remains really big on instagram uh so all you instagrammers make sure and follow uh ramin and i and here we are pod hwa pod and mind under pod on instagram uh, Facebook and Twitter, I'm on there as well, and I make the posts on there as well. I don't get excited about either. I tend to, like, vent on Twitter, which, by the way, it's funny, like, I'll do, I'll, like, post something on Facebook, and Facebook is just, holy cow, it is, there's some people on Facebook that, wow, um, <laughs> and, and then I'll like vent about them on Twitter. And I'm sure people on Twitter are like, what are you, who are you yelling at and making these like straw man arguments or whatever, because I'm venting about Facebook followers on Twitter. Oh my gosh, guys. I, I shouldn't, I, uh, social media, I go back and forth, but I do, I actually like Instagram. I hope it doesn't make me, whatever, if I'm lame, because I like Instagram, what do I care? I'm, I'm new to it. I enjoy it. I don't have an abusive relationship with it. I feel like I have a very healthy relationship. I find it amusing. I don't get myself worked up. I don't rage scroll on it it's cool for posting highlights i'll sometimes just take a dumb beard picture or something like that I like instagram i like it um and uh so yeah and i love and i i love my patreon and and discord uh as well so yeah do all those things and those of you that listen all the way to the end you are of course my favorites